Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, did this dude just did this? With the 20th pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Indiana Pacers select Karis LeVert from the University of Michigan. The problem is you don't want to mess with a bat because, as you may know, they can be ratted. But there goes our test after somebody in the stands. And he is going after a fan, and he is waylaying a fan, and this thing is now getting ugly. Got them all? Justin Holiday has come in all three. Do we have them all? He did first time in NBA history. That three brothers on the floor at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. The Pacers lost tonight to the 76ers. I don't know what the score was, but does it really fucking matter? What an epic loss. They were up by 20 fucking points. An embarrassing fucking loss to the franchise. Move them to Bangladesh. I don't fucking care. Get them out of the U.S. Move them overseas. Put them in the European League. Fuck this team, man. What the fuck was that? Yeah, I mean, you didn't even say enough fucks, honestly, to really sum that loss up. I mean, 20 points. Aaron O'Holiday had a great second quarter. I mean, we were cruising. I was I was about to set my alarm to wake up tomorrow and, and just have a good night's sleep. But, I mean, this was an all-time meltdown. The two-fucking-three fucking zone, the middle school defense that everyone runs, shut down the Indiana Pacers tonight in, in the fourth quarter, which, God, that's embarrassing. Without Joel Embiid, I mean, a guy named Korkmaz was out there just killing us. I it's disgusting, a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, I almost threw this idea out that we should just boycott recording podcasts until the Pacers win another game, but we may never record again at this pace after this all-time loss. So, Jake, I, I know I know you're well, going to say we have Give me a minute. What? Give me a minute. I do want to say on the podcast, like usual, we got Eric Hawk and also <laughs> – Machine Gun Jakey. Machine Gun Jakey. Joining us today. Machine Gun Jakey, what are you, What were your thoughts on this? I mean, it's. I, I know you guys kind of already made fun of the fact that I'm going to say we don't have shooters, but, I mean, that's just – that's a fact. Uh, the front office lost this game. I mean, we're all just a bunch of idiots, basically, Indiana fans. We're just the dumbest fans in the world. We, we get happy. We get a team that – we talk ourselves into the fact that we're better than we are. 
we beat all the shitty teams because the shitty teams are shit. We can't be good teams because for some reason we've built this fucking roster to have two fucking centers. And then we have, we try to play a bunch of point guards at one point in this game, we had in Turner, sorry, in crunch time, when they were coming back, we had in Turner, Sabonis, Brogdon, and McConnell. We had two centers and two point guards. And we've talked ourselves in that this is okay. I don't care that Karis LeVert is hurt. We traded, we made that trade with the understanding that Karis LeVert was going to be out for months. We did not make another move. We have not tried to sign another wing. We didn't play Doug McDermott late. He cannot be as bad of a defender as TJ McConnell in the half court. I know TJ McConnell tries. He's the white guy that tries hard. And sometimes he gets those steals out of inbounds plays and it's all hunky-dory. It, we lost to Corkmoss, Harris. We don't have anybody to guard those guys. We don't have anybody to guard the freaking Boston Celtics. We don't have anybody to guard the best teams in the league. That's why we get swept every effing year. Because all the front office wants to do is win games in the regular season so that we keep paying our money and we don't stop coming. That's all they want to do. We built our team around two centers. We built our team around two centers and one freaking white dude shooter that you can't even play in crunch time because he's the worst defender on the team. That's where we're at. And we have talked ourselves into that's okay. And then when Miles doesn't play, we're like, oh my God, look how bad our team is without Miles defensively. This is why he's essential. He's essential because you don't have wing defenders because you didn't build the team right. And we're okay with it. And it's fluffy and we'll beat the Hawks and we'll beat, we'll beat the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers and we'll be, oh, I thank God we got to beat the Bulls. We're beating the worst teams in the league and we're talked into it and dogs pissed and it's just stupid we're stupid fans we've been tricked we've been duped there's a reason we won't tank because they want our money we can't win with this roster we have sinners on the that are playing with no shooters around them we have sinners that don't have any sort of wound defense jeremy lamb is not a good defender Jeremy Lamb just came off a huge injury. We knew going into the year that something was wrong with TJ Warren. There was something wrong with him in the bubble. And we didn't do anything to upgrade it because we don't have to in order to make the playoffs in the East. That's all they want, to make the playoffs. They don't give a shit. Yeah, we want to win, but we don't give a shit about it. And we've talked ourselves into, oh, we need Miles. And, oh, Miles is so great. And, Oh, Doug McDermott's getting better and all this shit. And it doesn't matter because we're not good enough to compete. We can't shoot. We can't defend. We're trying to win with point guards and centers. Two of the most least likely positions to help win an NBA championship. You're not beating LeBron with point guards and centers. You're not beating Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. You haven't done it. In forever, you won with Steph Curry, I guess, as a point guard. But that's because they could all shoot, and they had one of the greatest teams of all time. And we're okay with it. And we we just keep buying tickets and gobbling and doing podcasts. Pritchard sucks. He's terrible. I think that's about it.
you said a lot there. And I mean, I agree with a good majority of it. I don't think Pritchard's terrible, but this is the same guy that drafted Greg Oden over Kevin Durant. Keep that into perspective. So, I, I mean, I don't think we're, we're the worst. We're not the best. We're always stuck in the middle and we have pieces that we can trade. We can make moves and we refuse not to, to get to that next hump. We refuse not to pay a little extra money going over the luxury tax. It seems like we're just happy with mediocrity. And as a fan base that gets tiring and there are players we like on this team, there are good players on this team, but at the end of the day, it's just not enough to get it done. And a game like this that you should win <laughs> coming off a game like that, that we should have won against the Hornets. I mean, it, it's, it's terrible. So. I, I, I mean, what guys, the way the roster is built right now, if we're just being honest, what guys are, are helpful in winning? Okay. But the thing is, like, what other pieces do we have that can be on a championship team? I, I mean, we love Sabonis, but what was the last time the best player on a team was the center and he won? Uh, David Robinson. Anybody? Shaq. Okay. So when I was literally fucking 12 years old, not even 12, way, it was like 1998, I was eight years old. And we have constructed our roster to be built like this. And our fans are so stupid that when Miles Turner's out, it's like, look how bad our defense is. They just keep scoring. They keep scoring because we have piece of shit defenders. We don't have wing guys that match up with the other teams because we did not build the team correctly. It's not – Miles is great. He might be defensive player of the year. I get it. I don't want to knock Miles Turner. That's not the problem. The problem is that we're paying our centers almost 30% of our salary cap in a league that, that, that demoralizes centers and the effectiveness of centers. And then we don't have the shooters. The game we went to, were they not all over Sabonis? I mean, Sabonis literally couldn't wipe his ass without them being right there in his face. And the reason that was, was because they didn't have any, we don't have any shooters to spread the floor. Yeah. The one shooter we have is so bad at defense that he couldn't play in that game. He couldn't guard Corkmoss, and we couldn't score the basketball. We had TJ McConnell in the game in crunch time when we needed baskets. Just say that to yourself. We needed shooters, and we had two centers and TJ McConnell in the game. If you don't see a problem with it, you're part of the problem, Pacer Nation. I'm sorry. It's a fact. If you think this team could win a game or two in the playoffs, you're probably mistaken. Cook, yeah. I want to hear what you have to say. Because you, you're you more passionate about this than I am. The Pacers, you're a bigger fan than anybody I've ever met. I want to hear what you honestly have to say about this team. First off, all I want to say is machine gun Jakey, man. <laughs> I fucking respect it. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I didn't like Jake White. But machine gun Jakey, he's just a different animal, man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Don't mess with MGJ. Now I, this is like <laughs> MGJ is a guy like, like I'll be honest, I'd die for him. I'd put my life on the line for MGJ any minute. Like you tell me, like if MGJ wanted to go rob a bank right now, I'm fucking going with him. Like seriously. No, I mean I don't have many thoughts. You've you've said enough. This team fucking sucks. 
<laughs> and I'm definitely, I mean, we're overreacting, but we're not really overreacting uh, because, you know, it was the worst loss of the year. It's a 20 point loss or 20 point lead. And I mean, how many points did we score in that fourth quarter? I don't have the box. I think it was 13. Yeah, Maybe I think so 14. Too. But they went to a 2 3 zone. And I mean, a 2 3 zone is what. I mean, obviously, you know, defensively we suck, but a 2-3 zone is what beat us. Um, and it's just – and they just kept running it. So it's not like they were mixing in a 2-3 zone here and there. They just kept running a 2-3 zone over and over and over again, and we could not do anything to beat the 2-3 zone. And, I mean, I'm not a very smart guy, but what do you guys – I mean – What's the you know way to beat a two three zone right off the top of your head? What's the easiest way to beat the two three zone? Get the ball to the free throw line and have good shooters. And yeah, yeah we had TJ McConnell out there um, who is not going to shoot the ball. Um, and you know, it's just it it made no sense to me. I was Jeremy Lamb even in the game in, in yeah. that point in time. Yeah, he was. He was in the game. I took a I took a screenshot because I figured we were going to get to this point. He was in the game, but it was it was he was so ineffective because they were playing him basically in the corner a lot, and he's not a corner guy. Like he's just not. He's a playmaker. Yeah. What it comes down to, this team desperately does need Levert and TJ Warren to come back, but they're going to have to make a move if they ever want to compete in the Eastern conference, you look at what, you know, switching sports, but you look at what the Rams just did. I mean, they made a big move to make a huge upgrade at quarterback and they had to send out three first round picks and their franchise quarterback. Like you have to make risky moves in order to benefit your franchise. You can't just make these. Yeah. We got TJ Warren for cash and yeah, we traded, you know, Paul George for bonus and then Oladipo for Levert. I mean, yeah, we make moves, but nothing, none of the moves we make, we're never risking anything. We're just, you know, okay with complacency and and being average. So like, I mean, even look at the Nets. I mean, they had a good team, but literally they gave it all to get James Harden and win now. So like, we don't make those moves and and clear that, you know, we're, we're, we're good with being average. We're good with losing in the first round, maybe the second round if we're lucky. Um, but yeah, this was, we're, we're spiraling off the deep end here, especially for like the 20th game of the regular season. But I mean, it, it is what it is. It's a bad loss. And, uh, and, and Bjorn, I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed him so far this year. I haven't had really any complaints, but, but he was bad tonight. Um, as was everybody else in that fourth quarter. So that's really all I have to say about that game. I just, Hawk, I just, the, the thing I, I keep going back to, and I thought Yorkin was, was a little, he was not great today. He really wasn't. But the, the question is, everyone knows how to be a 2-3 zone. I mean, I was a high school basketball coach. If you're playing a team that can't shoot, just straight up can't shoot in high school basketball, you play the 2-3 zone, you pack everybody on the inside, and you force these teams to do something they're uncomfortable with or not good at, which is shooting. In the NBA, it rarely works, and it rarely works because in the NBA, it's the best of the best. Shooters spread the floor. Somebody gets an open shot, they usually hit it, and we don't have that. We do not have that option other than McDermott, 
it, like who was Nate supposed to put in there to beat the zone? He had nobody. He he had no options to throw in there to beat the zone. He had nothing. And so if the coach doesn't have the option and the players don't have the option and, and the players are incapable of doing what's being asked of them. It, 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 it is the front office's fault. It is. They have given the coach a roster that is incapable of winning in, in certain situations. And in the NBA, you got to shoot. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Like it is what it is. I, you know, and I hate to say it because the pace, sorry, two of the teams that I love the Pacers and really the, uh, the Cubs as of late, they're just so complacent. They're so complacent. And I know like, I don't want to talk shit about the Colts, but even the Colts are, are complacent as well. I mean, they really are. I mean, going to the first or second round of the playoffs for for the pace or for the Colts is not good enough, and it won't be good enough for this the. Is that we're not going into the Colts. Why are we going back to the Colts? I'm just saying. I'm 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 speaking to the actual fandom. It's complacent. It's just. It's simply a complacency that fans have that they talk themselves in to something being better than what it really is. It's exactly what happened with the Colts. It's exactly what happens with my Cubs. It's every year. Well, if we just make it to the playoffs, maybe this will happen. Maybe this will happen. And it never does because at the end of the day, you actually have to have good players and even you, or you have to have players that fit certain systems. And right now, I don't know what our system is. I don't know what the system is for the Pacers. I don't know what it is because if somebody plays a two, three zone, we're screwed. We're screwed. And that's just the facts. And that's the front office's fault. Well, I mean, the, the facts are is a lot of teams in the NBA have been in this, this scenario. I mean, you go back to Chris's point. I mean, the Raptors make a trade for Kawhi Leonard. The Lakers get Anthony Davis. These teams went all in, and it worked. And we just happened to line up recently in eras, Tom Brady in the NFL, LeBron James in the Warriors in the NBA, where we just can't even come close. And we, we don't even – we just – are happy with being medium and not even getting into those big games with those teams anymore. That's where it's most frustrating. I mean, we draft terribly. We haven't mentioned that at all. I mean, good franchises traditionally don't draft as bad as we do. And somehow in spite of that, we've still been a somewhat good franchise over the years, but I mean, it's just mind blowing this game, especially. And it it was a breaking point because of the Charlotte game. I think, I think if you sweep Charlotte and this game happens, it's a little different mindset, let down game, but I mean, it looks seems like we're getting worse and some of these teams that we should be beating, we're letting it slip through. And, I mean, I think this was uh, Bjorkren's worst coach game by far. I mean, I guess he won a challenge if you want to put that on his record, but it's timeout usage was bad. The rotations were bad all around. And, and you blew a 20-point lead, so that's got to be on you a little bit. And that's all I have to say because this game sucked. Well, yeah, we're not even mentioning next game they play the Grizzlies, who are currently on a six-game win streak. So yeah. nothing, nothing's easy. Then they got the Pelicans and the or they got the Bucks on Wednesday night, the Pelicans on Friday night, I think. So there's literally the next six or seven games are going to be tough opponents, and and I won't be shocked if this team is under 500 in a couple weeks. Um, you know, just because this was this was the easiest part of their schedule these last six or seven games, yeah. and they they uh, when they came back from that road trip, I believe 
they severely underperformed um, and they ended up finishing January seven and eight, which isn't very good. But I mean, this has been, I will say this has been a weird NBA season. A lot of teams have lost a lot of games, um, which is kind of odd that the Pacers are still like fourth or fifth right now in the East. Um, So, I mean, any game's a winnable game, I feel like. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, tonight's an inexcusable loss. And then, you know, Tuesday night, it's not a, you know, it's not an easy win because, you know, the Grizzlies have John Morant and they're playing really well right now, six game win streak. So it's going to be tough this week. And like I said, I, I won't be shocked if in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're 11 and nine right now, if, if this team is, is under 500, especially with the way they've been playing, you know, as of late. Yeah. That's going to be depressing, but I agree. So yeah, that's, that's all I got. Is there any, anything else you want to get off your chest before we finish this up? Now, the only thing I'm thinking now, and I don't even want to bring this up, but just, you know, it comes down to when Anthony Davis wanted to come to Indy. So none of us really believe that. We none, none of us have believed that. I don't think maybe you have, but he's, he, he said it at one point during this last couple months. And that just makes me think, and it has made me thought that, you know, this, the franchise in front office has never really been that serious about contending. And it's just another, another piss and an open wound, I think. So I don't know. That's just where my head is right now. And, and we should have seen this coming all along and, and they're just putting the, the wool over our eyes. Like, like Jake was saying. Well, yeah. And in that case, you know, and, and I don't necessarily know if I a hundred percent believe that, but like you said, they've been talking about it, but like, that roster the Pacers had after that year, it was completely God awful. So the pieces, you know, weren't there, but as we've seen here recently, like Paul George getting traded to the Clippers, of course they had some players thrown in that deal. SGA obviously being a big piece there, but there was multiple picks involved. So like you figure something out, if that's the case, you offer them, you know, five first rounders. I don't know what you had to do, but if some of the, if the Pacers ever have an opportunity to get a player like that in the future, They probably won't because what superstar player wants to come to Indiana, but if they don't even, if they ever had that opportunity, let's just say hell freezes over and they have that opportunity, uh, that 0.001% chance they do, and they don't offer five or six or seven first round draft picks and some pieces to get that player. That's when I'll just say, okay, I'm done with this team because, um, you got, you got to make risks like that um to to compete and you know even what how we've looked at this is i mean let's look at you know nba champions the last few seasons um you know late last year lebron james anthony davis you had steph curry and durant clay thompson uh you had Kawhi leonard who was you know obviously kind of played and paired with him and Siakam and, and Lowry, they were kind of the one-off case, but they did beat a depleted uh, Warriors team that season. Uh, you had the the big three down in Miami. I mean, just look at it historically. You have to have two or three superstar players in this league to compete, and we don't even have one. We just have, you know, three or four really good players, but we don't have a superstar and you got to have two or three of those guys to win a championship, and, and we're not even close to that point. Yeah, being a fan is stupid. <laughs> the yeah. the 
the only thing I'm gonna I, the only thing I want to say, Hawk, you're the one that last thing you said kind of about Anthony Davis. Yeah. The the only thing I'm gonna say is we keep blaming we we do keep blaming the superstars, and I don't like Paul George. I'm not gonna act like I do. I lost a lot of respect for him, and I'm sick and tired of of Victor Oladipo. But the fact of the matter is, we're not in the building. And why do these? Why do our best players keep wanting to leave? Maybe they really are crybaby bitches. I don't know. That that could be it. But a part of me is just starting to wonder if maybe it we do have an issue in the front office. And I'll yeah. leave it at no. I I think we've given the front office the benefit of the doubt a lot. And I just, I just don't think I can just keep giving free passes anymore because I just, this team was just not built to win. This team was built to beat the bad teams. It was built to be a, the facade of a, of a playoff team to get maybe the seventh or eighth seed. And that's, you know, bounced early. And that is exactly what it is, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I think we have to start kind of wondering, is there a problem in the front office? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of what I was getting at. But you you said it so much better than I said it. And I mean, it's something I don't even want to think about because it's like, damn it, man. Like, I've been thinking this one way about hating this person for so long. But now as it goes along and farther away, you're like, you see their point to an extent where other guys are just doing it freely in the NBA. It's the most acceptable thing. And then when you hear stories about guys that were here wanting to be here, and wanting to bring something here like that could have been special, it makes you think, well, there's a one side to the story, there's the other side to the story, and then there's the truth somewhere in the middle. And you don't know what to believe, so I'm just going to keep hating Paul George. That's what yeah. I was going to do anyway. But it, it, that was my whole point, that maybe the front office is asleep at the wheel. And we got to give them somewhat credit because the moves we've made, we've praised in the moment, and, and we thought were good. But at the same time, you're just – trading your better players for worse players and potential in all honesty is what's happened. So I don't know. Well, let's even look at this. Like an example right here is, you know, Bradley Beal who they actually just beat the Nets tonight in a like 300 point game. I don't, it was close to that. I mean, high scoring game. I don't know what the score total was, but uh, you know, he's just obviously probably going to be the next superstar or I don't know if I would, He's definitely a star. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I say superstar. I don't know if I want to call him that because it's really superstar. I think there's maybe five or six in the league because that's just a different category. So he's one of the better players in this league, is what I'll say. But like, if a guy like that said, "Let me come to Indiana. I want to play for the Pacers. You guys got to trade for me." That's a move where the Pacers, you know, they have pieces to make that deal now. So like, even if you had to offer up like a package. And I'm just going to throw some names out there, not saying I want to trade them, so don't come at me. But if you had to be like, okay, I'll give you a TJ Warren, um, Turner, Aaron Holiday, and like two or three first-round picks, I mean, like that's a move that you would have to be willing to make for a guy like that, to get a guy like that on your team, especially since he's locked in for several years. But like you're giving up a shit ton of players and picks, but you're getting a guy like that. That's a move that you have to make. Yes, agreed. I mean, it's not even close either because 
Although Turner could be defensive player of the year, I think he's somewhat replaceable in today's NBA. I mean, he's nobody we're going to replace him with is going to get four blocks or whatever he's averaging a game. But just as far as those other things, I mean, that's a no-brainer. And that's kind of the move that I don't think the Pacers are ever going to make, and that's kind of what you're saying. So, Turner, yeah, I, Aaron Holiday, uh, whatever. They, they want Warren. They want four first-round picks to get it done. We have a stud. That's the way you got to roll. But I don't think we'll ever do it. I think you guys are right. And, yeah, it's a hypothetical conversation. But uh kind of goes with the point we're making. So anything else before we wrap this depressing show up? That's it. I mean, we got to see a red hot Grizzlies team next with one of the best young players in the NBA. So can't wait to see how we blow this game. Yep. Machine, machine gun, Jakey, do you got anything else? New album on the way? I think I said all I need to say. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. If you're still listening to um, thank you for you know listening to all that. Um, we'll be back hopefully, you know Tuesday night with a win. Do do we boycott now? We don't record again until they win again. Is that the move? It was just an idea I had because I hate talking after losses because it's the same reason we lose every time, and it's probably not as listened to because no one gives a shit when they lose. So that's just my theory. It may be a good idea. It's probably not a good idea, but you know that's just how I feel in the moment. Let's uh let's let the uh, listeners tell us what we should do. Agreed. All right, let's gonna wrap up this episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.